Welcome to the jointhetrades.com interview series where we talk to tradespeople and learn more about successful career paths straight from the source. Today I have with me Michael Anders, who is an HVAC technician and has been in the trade for five years. How you doing, brother? Good, how are you? Good, man. Thank you for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun to talk. Um, yes. Give us an idea. How, how'd you get started? Um, well, for many years, I did a gamut of many different things. And about 40 years old, I kind of got thrown into a um, maintenance position for an apartment complex, which had a lot of HVAC problems. And, okay. Um, so I hung around a lot of HVAC techs, which really kind of got my brain thinking on maybe I should really get into this. And this was about 40 years old. So I decided to enroll in school and uh, around between 40 and 41 years old, somewhere around there, I can't remember specific. I started school, graduated around wow. 42. And I've been doing the trade for the last five years. And I actually got my first apprenticeship six months into my schooling, which is unheard of in our trade. The, I made a whole bunch of cold calls when I first started school to a bunch of t companies saying, hey, listen, I'm starting school. I want to do an apprenticeship. This is what I want to do. I got nothing. And then about six months in, a company called me and said, hey, we want to put you on our apprenticeship program. Usually it's at least a half a year or a half of a, half of your course before you actually start the apprenticeship. So Wow. So that worked out for you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it was a very small company, but it gave me the start what I needed. Oh, that's great. So um, you you reinvented yourself at 40 years old. Right. Um, that's I drove, super exciting. Yeah, I drove school bus. I was a mechanic. I did security at casinos. I did all sorts of different things. And I finally found what I love. And I absolutely love what I do. So you've been bouncing around like so many of us do. I've been doing that myself off and on throughout my life, yes. doing odd jobs, making ends meet. And then you um, you stumbled into into something that that you really enjoy. What was it about these other techs that you were meeting that made you so intrigued by the career? Um, first, it was their knowledge base, um, their wealth of knowledge for the equipment that they were working on. Sure. It helped me understand the equipment I had to maintain, if you will. On top of it, they really loved what they did, or they do, not did, but they do. And I started tinkering with some of the stuff within the building to try and maintain it myself without having to call them. Well, in the end, I had to call them because it was beyond my scope of, of knowledge. Sure. But I hung around them and I got to learn about the equipment. I got to learn about how... BFDs work. I got to learn how three-phase motors work. I got to learn how mini splits work. And these are all the things that we had in this building. And it was very enlightening. And my brain just started going crazy. I was like, I have really got to do this. I will not do it in this building. <laughs> I will do this. <laughs> yeah, you had enough negative experiences in that building to know yes, the sir. trouble. So you found it intriguing. I, well, I guess, you know, the, the mental challenge of it, right? On yeah. some level. Um, I graduated with a 4.0 in my class and student ambassador. Um, wow. Yes, I 
my, my, I had an awesome instructor. I went to um, a school called Porter and Chester here in Connecticut. And, cool. Uh, well, actually, tell us how you um, how you discovered that school. How did you find? How did you find them? Um, I actually did a Google search. I found tech schools in the area. There was there's a couple here in Connecticut. Um, there's Porter and Chester. There's Lincoln Tech. Okay. Um, some of the high schools offer an after school program for adults. I wasn't that my industry that I was looking into did was not offered in that particular, but. Um, I stumbled across Porter and Chester, and it was a 18-month program. Okay. Um, I was leaning towards Lincoln Tech or Porter and Chester, and I just said, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And I, within a month of, of what I when I started looking, I was already enrolled. Great. And I started looking in September, and my first day of school was the end of October. And I never looked back. Oh, that's so cool that you found a found your niche. You found your place. Yeah. So since then, you've just felt comfortable at home and and very satisfied with your choice. Yes. Absolutely. There have been rough days. I mean, I started out in the residential um, field doing residential install and service, um, and obviously for the first two years, I was an apprentice. So you're kind of someone else's puppy, if you will, because you're yeah. learning the trade. Um, but I learned a lot from a lot of the technicians that I hung around and, um, I decided about two, almost three years into the trade. I said, you know what? Actually it was about two years into the trade. I decided I want to do commercial. So I stepped into, I stepped out of residential and stepped into commercial and it was the best decision I made. I love commercial. It's a lot wow. bigger equipment. What's that? I said, wow. So yeah. there, yeah, I was going to ask you, what are the specific differences? Um, besides the size of the equipment. Yeah. Um, there, the variety is a lot greater. Um, whereas in a home you have, uh, unless you're like a Maytag guy and I, I don't want to use that whatever, but in a home, you don't do a lot of appliance refrigeration repairs. Um, okay. it's mostly split systems, mini split systems, you know, down South, it's more common for the outdoor unit to be venting inside the house. And that provides cooling and heating up here in Connecticut that most of them have split systems and they have a separate heat system. Okay. Um, my parents live in North Carolina. They have an outdoor unit that heats and cools the whole house. Um, but, uh, in commercial, it's a lot different because you have one system for most of them, one system that does everything. It heats the whole building, it cools the whole building. Obviously there's several parts that are involved, but we right. also have refrigeration within our field because big companies require refrigeration. Um, and we can do that within our field. So I've done cooling, heating, refrigeration. Um, and it's just, it, it's, it's one of the things I love about the trade is no matter where you go, it doesn't matter what part of the world you live in. Yeah. It is required for us to be there, whether it's heating, cooling or refrigeration. Yeah, for sure. That's, yeah. that's totally true. Yeah. There's very few spots in the world that are just perfectly, you know, 
what's 68 degrees and sunny all day long. Yeah, well, I mean, like we were in the Bahamas and they needed AC. Sure. So we actually did a service call to a building while we were in the Bahamas. Wow. Yeah, with one of the residents on site. It was actually one of the friends of the owners of the school that we were down there. Okay. So they had a very big issue, which they're going to address. But we, we all, as students, we went with the instructors and went to the service call. Okay. And it was, you know, and it was a volunteer basis. Not everybody went, but we went and uh, the few of us that did go, we, we tried to find the problem. And because of the way that it's set up, it was hard to find the problem. But I think we came to a resolution that this is what the problem is. And, you know, this is how you're going to have to fix it. And unfortunately, it's probably going to be a total replacement. But Oh, no. But down in the Bahamas, it's, he, you know, AC is required. It's just, right. unless you live on the shore and you get the, the ocean breeze, it's, it's an uncomfortable, but they're used to that. Undoubtedly. But that was a perfect opportunity for you as students to actually step in and, and help make a difference at, right. that, at that level even. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we learned a lot from the instructors, not only in classroom, but on this particular service call, we talked about a few things here and there. And, uh, that was the the trip was an awesome experience. The learning of it was was just as awesome. Um, it's just I, I I love what I do. It sounds like it. Yeah, I have no doubt that a trip to the Bahamas was was pretty awesome. Yeah. So your normal average day goes how? You get up and then what? Um, well, we have a the company I work for provides us a vehicle. Okay. Um, so my office is my van. Nice. Um, and we get a list of where we need to go for the day, depending on if we're in service or in installation. Um, in my company, we call it projects. Um, but on the, on the list of things it says, all right, where well, you're gonna go here. Last week, I was in Agawam, Massachusetts. I was in Holyoke, Massachusetts. So we travel wherever we're, we need to travel to, to do the service that needs to be done. Sure. We cover Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Massachusetts. Wow. And, yeah. Um, I just, the company just recently paid for every technician to get Rhode Island licensing. So I am not only Connecticut licensed, but I'm also licensed in Rhode Island. Wow. Wow. It, it sounds like your company is uh, on the ball and takes care of you. Yes. They're a very good company. It's the best company I've worked for yet. Um, and I don't plan on moving anytime soon. Oh, that's great to hear. Um, but as far as the work goes, we... If we finish a job, it's usually on our calendar that tells us, all right, well, this is where you go next. And obviously we have to let dispatch know and this and that. But we usually we have information sent to us through our phone, through an app, through our phone. Um, I'm sure you've heard of Salesforce. Yeah, sure. Um, we, we use that for our, um, for our communications back and forth between the office staff and the sales, the, the, the teams. And it's, it, depending on what the job requirement is, or the, I guess you could say the, not the job requirement, the scope of work would be the better way to put it. It varies day to day what we do. I bet. Um, like one day, last, last week, and well, actually for the last two or three weeks, I was installing two split systems, a 15 ton and a 10 ton unit. Um, it was a, 
a split AC unit with two condensers on the roof, reusing existing line set, which was a bit challenging. <laughs> okay. Because it disappears in the wall. You, yeah, well, you don't know what size are in the wall, so you're kind of just guessing at that point. Yeah. Um, but and, you enjoy uh, these challenges, right? You seem oh, like absolutely. you enjoy that. Absolutely. Um, we They just legalized in the last, and I'm not trying to plug it, but they just legalized the the uh, use of Mary J. Wanna in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. right. And there's a company in Massachusetts that is expanding. Now, I'm not going to plug them because that's their business. <laughs> but they're sure. expanding to another location in one of the towns in Massachusetts, twice the size of what they had already. And we right. were there for six months putting in equipment. Wow, cool. And duct work and stuff. So, and uh, that was... That was fun. It's, you know, it just, it varies day to day what we do. I mean, we could do be, be doing refrigeration one day, duct work the next day, and then going on a service call the following day. Yeah, but that, that's interesting, huh? Because then it's never, it's never always the same rigmarole. There's always something new, I imagine. Yes. Um, so you were on that project for six months, but then some days you're going somewhere different for one day or for a couple yeah, of days. Yeah. They'll call us off and say, hey, I need you to go here. Um, or, you know, it, we're currently kind of short staffed cause we had a, a transition and change of, of, of people within the company. And so they'll send me to a different town to do something else, or they'll send another technician to go do something else, you know, so on and so forth. And they, um, so it's not always that we're stuck in the same place all the time. Sure. And we don't, um, we don't have the same thing every day. I mean, yes, this project was all ductwork. And I, if I see it, you know, I used to sell, tell people if I see another piece of ductwork, it will be too soon. <laughs> um, but um, within that project, I was pulled away to do other service calls and other projects. So it wasn't okay. steady, always there. It was a variety. And that's, I know that's where you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I imagine that's something that's that's nice to get a little a little break or, or or do something a little different, you know, and then, of course, you're you're learning. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're learning different projects as you go. And then a little time for that to kind of like, I don't know, maybe the information to soak in a little bit and then you get to yeah. use it again some other time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have a gentleman that works with us who is our our duct guy. Yeah, um, he knows duct work like the back of his hand. And we are taking a lot of things from him. So I didn't know a whole lot about big duct. Um, and we're talking 56 inch by 36 inch duct, big stuff. Okay. And they're like five, five, six foot lengths, massive. Wow. Duct wow. Um, and that's, that's what he lives for. But <laughs> we were, we were helping him in that respect and he was actually kind of giving us pointers in here and there and i picked up a lot of stuff from him from that he loves 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 steam he's like i will do a steam boiler all day long every day if i have a steam question i call him if i have a doctor question i call this guy so the great thing about our trade is there's so many people and proficient in so many different um realms right. within our field that I will never, ever have to 
Guess. I can always call someone and ask. They're my work family. You know, I, I treat them as brothers and sisters in the trade. Right. And we have women that work for us that are actually in the yeah. field. Um, and that's that, that I know that's huge because there's a lot of individuals that think yeah. that women yeah, should yeah, not yeah. be in that kind of workplace. And I disagree. I think that if they can handle it, by all means, step in and do it. You know, yeah. I, um, there's the old schoolers, the old timers that think that women should not do the trade, but sure. You got to change with the times. Yeah, I had had an interview with with uh, a gentleman not too long ago who mentioned that about um, about at least women students. He was a teacher, and he said some of, some women are some of my best students yeah. for sure because of the fact that they're just sometimes they're a little bit more specific minded than than guys are. You know, like that's fascinating. You know, just do the best that you can do, and show everybody else you're capable of. Right, absolutely. And they all. All they can do is, well, forgive the term, shut up or put up, you know? That's super cool. Because, because you know, if you're going to complain about somebody or because it's a woman in the workplace, yeah. if they can do just as good of a job as you do, what does it matter? I am on the apprenticeship for my S2, which is, um, I don't know how it works where you are, but in, in Connecticut, you have okay. your D2 license, which is, well, best way to put it is we don't do wet. So a D2 license doesn't do hydronics. A D2 license doesn't do oil unless you're under the license of an S1 okay. and under the apprenticeship of an S1, which I am under the okay. apprenticeship for an S2, for my S2. Okay. Um, and okay. so I can work with people and I can still do S2 work because I'm, I'm apprenticeship under it and my boss has an S1 license. So... We still do all of that stuff. We still, we do oil very rarely because in the commercial industry, I don't know if you know much about commercial industry, very little oil in commercial industry. Very, very little. Like it's mostly gas yeah. and mostly okay. um, chillers, like for the hydronics, whether it's water or glycol. Okay. Um, and the large refrigeration. But there's very, very, okay. very little oil. Um, I think there's maybe some schools, because we do a lot of schools, still have oil in their systems. Um, but on the whole, 90% of our customers are yeah. gas. It's, ours is probably one of the most ever-changing industries because of the migration of the equipment. You know... Before we were, we had magnetic starters, we had contactors, we had this. That's how systems ran. Okay. It was either on or off. Nowadays, we have uh, called they call it variable frequency drives, also known as VFDs, and they can vary the speed of the motor down to ten hertz. And you can mod you can modulate the speed of the motor, and all the electronics within that system okay. are ever changing. And becoming more and more computerized. Um, just like in the automotive industry, cool. everything's becoming more and more computerized. Um, sure, of course. The mini-split industry and the split industry, mostly mini-splits, sure. are becoming a lot more advanced and computerized. I can call a Mitsubishi representative 
or a Mitsubishi, and I, I'm not trying to plug them, I'm just using them as an example, um, that I can call and I can say, hey, listen, this is my problem. How do I solve this? Or course, how can I approach this? Usually they give you kind of like a flow chart idea. Um, well, if you have this problem, then this, if you have this problem, then this, if you have this problem, then right. this. And it usually helps us get through. And then I pick up on that. Right. And then for the next time I need to do it, I've already learned what they just talked about. Gotcha. So correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the cool play parts then about tr the trade, about your trade specifically, but I'm sure many other trades, is that even as technology advances, there's no concern that the individual themselves is going to be obsolete. We are one of the few trades that... Um, is always going to be there. We will never be computerized. We will never be, ro you know, turned into robots. I hope not. Um, but right. we have, there, there always has to be somebody getting their hands on something yeah. to verify refrigerant <laughs> levels, to verify change of belt. You know, these things, these things can't be computerized. They can't be done by a robot. It's excellent. It's the ultimate job security. Yeah, as as technology advances, as artificial intelligence advances, as all this right. advances, it does not exactly. negate the need for a human individual to be yeah, there yeah. and to make sure that was it's all running properly. Why I got into it, but yeah. Oh, that's super cool. You know, you know, if you mention to someone, okay. "Grab me this or grab me that," and they go, "What?" Um, we have a problem, right? Um, but if they're willing to learn, if they don't know it, and they're willing to learn what it is, <laughs> and that 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 changes the scope of of what I was just saying. But it usually helps if you have somebody who has a mechanical understanding. I mean, I worked on cars. I've, you know, I've done a bunch of other things where I was always using my hands. And so I had a, you know, one up, if you will. But there are people that I would, I would look at it. And also sure. being able to use their head. Um, you have to be able to think outside of the box sometimes to figure out a problem. Okay. Because it's not always in black and white. Um, sometimes you have to create a problem to find a problem. Right. Um, and my boss actually says he, he, we do safety meetings and we do uh, training Interesting. meetings almost regularly. And one of his things is try to create the problem because you cannot fix a problem if you don't know what it is. You bring your car to the shop because you have a certain complaint. You, they they keep it at the shop for a week. It never happens. Right. You get it back. A week later, that problem comes back. Um, and that's something that he tries to tell us. Hey, listen, I need you to cause right. it right. to of course. create yeah. the problem that we're sending you out for. You know, whether you disconnect this or disconnect that, or you know, cause the thing to fail. I see. The, the yeah, that's a great analogy. Fail or whatever it's causing. That, that's causing this alert, make it happen so that we can fix the problem and we don't have to come back for the same problem. If we come back, it's for a different problem, great. Yeah. But you know, if it's a continuous problem, obviously we haven't figured out what the problem is. Let's make it happen so that we can fix it. And that's where thinking outside of the box, in my opinion, is very crucial. So yeah. the reward of just the appreciation of what we are able to accomplish is enough for me. Um, you know, making people appreciate what we do yeah. as, uh, as tradespeople and repair service um, 
it's it's rewarding just to see the reactions of people on a positive scale to what we've done. Yes, we get the negative feedback. It's going to happen. But, you know, the rewarding part of it is that we sure we may, try to make people happy. You know, the, the saying goes, while you're cool inside the building, we're sweating our butts off. And while you're inside being comfortable, we're freezing our butt off. You know, that kind of deal. Um, and that's right. That's where I want, you know, as far as yeah, people that's so true. that watch and, you know, and, and to see what we do, that's what I want to see if they can, you know, get them to appreciate is the fact that we're not always going to be inside the building with you working on the equipment. We're going to be outside freezing our tissues off or sweating our butts off trying to fix what's not working so that you can be comfortable. Right. Yeah, th these are the things that we, yeah. as lay people, just take for granted. Well, oh, my temperature should be nice. Why is it not perfect? What you know? And we and we completely take it for granted until yeah. we end up having to call someone out who actually is an expert. And for lack of a better term, at that point, that's a hero. That is someone who honestly is yes. coming in to make your life substantially better. Thanks for being here, everybody. We'll see you next time on JointTrades.com interview series. Take it easy, Michael.